Hannah, do you have your hot take candy? You just see that one? Oh, yes, we yeah, about I have several. Oh, yeah, several. Several. I told you she'd have a few, though. I told you that. <laughs> yeah, I have several hot takes about candy. <laughs> Gosh. Listen, you don't win the hot take off and not have hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Blade, episode 110. I am joined, as always, well, forever, I guess, as always. I was, I was trying to think of some witty thing there, but I couldn't think of anything because I was thinking Anthony's new and Bill's forever. But anyways, I'm joined, like always, by Mr. Bill Shockey. Bill, what's going on? 9-2-2, two, and two, a good They're hockey still team. Good. Still, still, good. still, still. I keep getting a fear every ep- like episode we're gonna get like oh there's there's the four game losing streak like but well, I have some good news for you there's a uh, quite a break coming up here so even <laughs> if they start to lose it's gonna be like two <laughs> right. weeks before we right. say they're bad they've only lost two games in the last three and a half weeks <laughs> <laughs> they played three <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so usually we have three on here as of late with Anthony but uh, Mr Chandra is on IR here so he will not be with us today. But we are joined by an awesome special guest who I told her we'd get her on here eventually. Uh, unfortunately, it took a little longer than I wanted to, but we got her on, and that is the wonderful Hannah Burry is our third voice today. Hannah, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I promise I will keep the swearing to a minimum and the hot takes like dialed up to a hundred. <laughs> well, like you said like you said, didn't, what did you say? That, like we were talking like a hot tank war or something like that. You want or something like that? I want a hot takeoff. Like hot take literally, off. I'm the queen of hot takes. I have a crown and everything. Is it in your Twitter bio? Because I think that should go in there. I think it is. <laughs> Hannah, I got to be honest. Like before we get into the service thing, you had maybe one of the most. I can't remember exactly what it was. You might remember the most amazing comments recently in my life was the was in like the, the group chat we have that LinkedIn comment what was like single no pets or something (laughs) oh yeah single no pets like lives alone just want to work for my couch that's what (laughs) and then i wrong i'm like i'm not single so it was wrong but like everyone lies in their resume so like it's not really a lie right yeah i mean if i apply for hockey jobs i put like former assistant general manager in my resume so like that's you know (laughs) nobody ever fact checks you so just put anything you want on there of the crazy Knights roller hockey team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're advice ever lying resumes, we're telling you. Um, anyway, shifting back to hockey here. So we have an interesting hockey team here to talk about, and it's not your typical 9-2-2 two, and two team. Uh, going into tonight, they had the most points in the league until the Bruins, who, if they have not yet, are momentarily about to pass them and score and be at 20 points as well. They're winning hockey games. They're interesting hockey games. That's the good part. And the other part is they're winning hockey games in spite of things like Rasmus Dahlin forgetting how to break the puck out at times or just handle the puck in general. And I'm not sure Eichel's even playing his best hockey yet. And the Ristolainen and McKay pair is kind of coming back down to earth, but your goaltending's playing well, so that's helping you. So it's... I don't, it's a mismatch here. It, it's kind of all over the place. And kind of where I think I want to start before we kind of get into like our specific topics, I think maybe we'll kind of go around here. Uh, and since Hannah, you're our guest, you can go first. Kind of, I'm curious to kind of just where you are, you know, 13 games under the season, kind of your overall grasp and feel on this team and kind of what your thought is now that we're a month into the season. 
I think I might have PTSD from last year's 10 game winning streak because even <laughs> though they've looked like much better than they did during that winning streak and this seems slightly more sustainable, I still cannot buy in. Like it's going to fall off. The wheels are going to fall off, even though they might not, but it just, I cannot buy in yet for some reason. I guess it's more in a way, I'm not sure going to fall off, but when I think it's hard to get squeaky, maybe that's the way to go about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that kind of makes the most sense. And Bill, I, I kind of, I'm assuming you're going to be in a similar spot. I mean, it's funny. Cause when I, even today, uh, there's quite a few people on Twitter that are talking, I think Matt brought it up and kind of everyone was jumping on with that. It, everybody's kind of feeling that way. Right. You know, it's just, it's so similar to last year and, and just how they fell off a cliff and, Everyone's kind of just waiting for that to eventually happen. I just, for some reason, I kind of, the only thing that scares me a little bit maybe is that the goaltending is playing so well. But, uh, I mean, I think for the most part, I think their power play, it has been good with the people you have um, in the past and obviously now with Olsen too. Um, I think the power play can be like sustainable, like a top, you know, five to 10 power play, which is going to win you games, especially when you can, play better defensively, which they've done. So yeah. I, I'd say I probably feel better than maybe most people do, at least uh, when you're kind of out there in the in the Twitterverse and, and taking a, a pulse check. Um, I, th- I think what is going to happen is you're obviously going to hit a rut here at some point, and how they get out of it is going to be the the interesting thing. If, if they do kind of have the PTSD that everyone's afraid of, um, as Hannah put it, do, do they kind of shell and, and people start gripping sticks and they're, they're just kind of struggle and not able to get out of it. Um, then maybe you worry, but I mean, so far they, they've lost a couple here and they, they've bounced back uh, for the most part every time. So, so far, so good. Uh, I think cautious optimism is the way to go, but I mean, Hey, you can't, you can't argue with what they've done so far. 20 points in 13 games is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's, you, know, you you mentioned that conversation with Matt, and, and I think that's the thing, too, that, you know, I mean, I think we're all, I don't want to speak for you two, but I think we all kind of have a basic understanding, at least, of kind of what these advanced numbers, the course, these expected goals, uh, things like that are going to tell you. So, you know, there's to kind of, I, I guess, maybe kind of go on that conversation more, because I, I think it's a good thing, and I, I think a lot of people need to kind of maybe grasp it and understand it. Um, because the way I see it, there is still an active war on analytics uh, or numbers in a way. <laughs> but it, it, it kind of gets into the whole thing that a lot of the defenders of it kind of bring up is it's, you know, yeah, I, I tweeted about yesterday. There's, you know, their expected goals are trending down. Um, they've dropped the 20th in the league at five on five. Um, their course is in the middle of the league. Uh, their expected goals four percentage is like 20th too, I think. So things are dropping, but it doesn't, mean the way I put it to Hannah is why I kind of said it the way I did with one is the wheel and it's hard to squeak not fall off is because I mean realistically I think every single person that watches this team that is a Sabres fan understands this is not the best team in the league okay so let's <laughs> let's not kid ourselves that that's that's really are right now but they're really not that team so which means you're going to have some losses you're going to have some tough times that are eventually going to catch you here and you're going to slide back a little bit now just because you slide back doesn't mean you have to slide all the way back to 27th place. I I think it can mean maybe you slide back to being a wildcard team. Uh, And, you know, if you listen to our podcast earlier in the year, before the season started, if somebody would have said to you, well, they're going to at least compete for a playoff spot. Me, you, and Anthony, Bill, we we would have chuckled a lot. So, okay, yeah, please, and rolled our eyes. Like, okay, what's going to happen? Is Eichel going to score 120 points? Is... Omar going to be the best goal in the league. Like what crazy is going to happen here for that to happen? Because it just didn't look possible. So, you know, I think that's something with the numbers where you have to understand is it's, it, it's a way to kind of maybe show signs of what could be ahead. Maybe what this team realistically is, which is probably a break even middle of the pack team, which is fine. It's kind of, that might've been the ceiling you kind of thought about going into the season, right? And then can we at least be average or competitive? So if you end up getting that team, I, I think you got to be happy. And, you know, the numbers aren't really telling you that wheels are going to fall off by any means. You just probably telling you you're going to come back a little bit, but that's okay because you could probably still be a playoff team. Yeah. yeah. I'm personally kind of worried about what the trip to Sweden is going to do to them just because traveling to another continent, playing a back-to-back and then traveling back is going to throw off their whole schedule. And if they're leaving on a hot streak, I, I like don't want that streak to cool off. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's, yeah, 
if they pick up both games against the Caps and Islanders um, over the weekend, then like you said, you don't play for another week, and then it's Tampa twice, and then I think it's another like week off again, basically. So it's yeah, it, it, it's it, it's tough that schedule of things. It's kind of something we talked about for a while now. We've had our eye on it. You know, it's it, it's that stretch where I think there's like four games in 17 days, and like after that, it's like then you have like 10 in the next like 17 or something crazy like that. But the schedule gets condensed again, kind of what it was here. So it's it's going to be interesting, kind of how they they react to how the schedule is, and you know, and it. it I give Bill a lot of credit because he's kind of like that guy who has like that schedule focus. And he kind of, like, he kind of tips me off of those things where, Hey, look at the schedule for the next few games teams are playing. So that's, that's kind of Bill's forte here, but um, the schedule gets interesting. I mean, you have hard teams coming up too. I mean, the Capitals are good. The Islanders, I don't know. Tampa Bay is good. You got Carolina in there. So like you do have some more difficult games coming up here. You just played Arizona who I think people realize watching are a lot better than, your normal Arizona Coyotes. So it's, there's going to be some tough games in here. So it's going to be kind of interesting, you know, how they handle those games. Yeah. The second half of November is going to be the important part, right? I mean, you're going to, you only have four games as you talked about in the next 17 and then you get, you kind of not crushed, but I mean, 10 and 17 is tough. So there is definitely where you can kind of maybe start to get that first wall, I guess, of the season where it kind of gets tough to, to show up every night and, I think fighting through that and making sure that guys are, you know, rested and ready to go, which I, maybe like the morning skates and stuff, maybe that's part of it. We're not having to do that and just getting that little extra rest can help. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Kruger starts to, especially him, how he's going to kind of face adversity and, and make some changes here uh, as they do, you know, lose some games in a row, which you expect to happen. Uh, how, how does he plan on correcting that? with the roster that he has. Yeah, I think the first real test here is, to be honest, for the coach, I think the first real test here is he's, he's gonna, I need him to figure out what's going on with Rasmus Dahlin. Like, hmm. he doesn't have the player he was last year. Like, it's... Uh, and I, I don't know. Like, Bill and I kind of gave our... I guess I'll kind of flip the hand here. Bill and I kind of gave our thoughts and talked a little bit about this last week. I think it's mental. Uh, Bill kind of agreed with that. And some other things, too. Just, I guess, Hannah, I'm kind of curious maybe if you're watching him, what your take is, because... You know, it, for me, it kind of goes back to the preseason where, you know, the coach talked about wanting to work on things away from the puck, and we were all confused why he was in that last meaningless Pittsburgh game because he wanted to work on that. So I don't know if the coach got in his head and he's being hesitant and there's some mental things. It definitely seemed like the pairing with Miller wasn't working. But I don't know if you kind of agree with that or if those are things you were seeing too. Yeah, it seems definitely like a mental thing. Like he's overthinking things that last year and when he was in Sweden, he would not have overthought. He just would have reacted. And now it seems like he's worried about making mistakes. But when you have a player that young and that good, I'd rather take their one mistake and then 10 other plays where they're going to do something that no other player on the ice can do without them having to overthink it or worry about like being punished for making that mistake. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I think it's, for me, it's more, it's funny. I'm it's real quick. I'm having deja vu. It's like exactly what we were talking about when Eichel was first coming up, right? Yeah, right, right. In that that early struggle, I think it might have even been like year two, or maybe he hits mm-hmm. that wall. It's you know, it's I, I want. I'm trying to be careful because I want to because there there is some things defensively. I think that he's having issues with, and it's it's kind of crazy where he's still not getting a lot of goals scored on him when he's on the ice, which is weird. But there's gonna be there's a lot of turnovers, so there's a lot of issues and high scoring chances against when he's on the ice, but it's. I think the thing that concerns me the most is I'm not seeing him flash as much offensively as he did last year. Uh, I mean, recently though, I mean, there's been a few plays in the last few games where he's made some nice moves and got to the net, but the first, you know, nine to 10 games, you really didn't see that. And that kind of gets me back to the mental thing where maybe he's not doing that because his coach wants him to focus more on defensive aspects of the game. And he has that in his head. He's a smart player. He knows he's supposed to focus on that. So he's not taking those risks offensively. Then he's overthinking it defensively. So it's, this is kind of, it's funny. I have to jump on Phil Housley here, but this is something Bill and I kind of talked about last year that we didn't want Housley like to, you know, restrict him or, or pull him back or just, just kind of let him go be down and let him go. You know, he's a good enough player, good enough talent. He'll figure it out. He'll be fine. And, you know, I'm kind of afraid that maybe, I don't want to say Kruger told him like to back off, dude, chill out, but maybe something said something, asked him to focus on something that's not allowing him to be that regular player. 
And now as a coach, I think you might have to recognize that and kind of have some sort of discussion. I mean, you have a handful of days off here before you play the Capitals on Friday, have a discussion with the player, figure out what's going on, how to rectify it and how to get him back to being the player that we saw him be the majority of last season. Yeah. I also kind of wonder if it's nerves leading up to that trip to Sweden because like this is a big thing for him and I don't think he's going to get more there's only gonna be more pressure when he's there right yeah yeah so part of me wonders if that's part of it but again like it just he seems like this is kind of what I expected from him last year like Uh being a little overcoached nervous and last year instead we got like freewheeling like make some mistakes but you know who cares water off the back and this year it's very much like oh we made a mistake and he seems like he doesn't want to do that again and so he's like oh overthinking and mishandling the puck and turning it over all that it's just it's not what I was expecting from him this year that'd be pretty yeah. crazy right <clears throat> I mean it's a good point I wonder do you imagine if even like you said he's not playing great right now but I mean he's still putting up the points especially in the power I mean, play that's the crazy thing right I mean he's, well, he's got 10 points in 13 games something like that so can you imagine him like getting off of that Swedish trip and just having a big sigh and just like going back to last year yeah yeah, it's you know, and I think too. It's obviously, like I said, I don't think that Miller pairing worked. Um, I think he looked better for the most part with Yoki Haru, except those two had a disastrous third period against Arizona. They both did. Uh, so no I, one really looked good in that period except Hunt. All right. So yeah, I mean that's true, but those two were exceptionally bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it, so I don't know. It, it's um, you know, it, it's. I don't have any concerns yet or anything like he's 19 years old. He's, he's still going to be an excellent player. Uh, he's still producing. He still does things. He still, he still makes those nice passes. He still makes those plays offensively that, Oh, there he is. But I think it's kind of, we all want to see more of that. Like I'll, I'll live, I'll live with those puck mistakes. Like I forgot what game it was. Um, maybe it was the Detroit game, right? I thought he was having a really good period. And then he had that play where he was like, all right, I'm going to try to dangle to the middle of the ice. And that didn't work at all. But I'll take that one mistake he made. It didn't result in a goal, but I'll take that one mistake when he made five or six good plays in the period that resulted in scoring chances and flipping defense to offense. So that, that's just kind of say, uh, there, there's still going to be those things. You know, Michael still has those things. He's been in the league for five or six years. You know, he still has those turnovers that make you yell at your TV or mm-hmm. he's probably yeah, cut loud. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Did. So, <laughs> But that's just kind of what you live with with a creative player. You shouldn't try to harness that or tell him to stop doing that. You just, in a way, have to hope there's less of that and that there's more good that overcompensates that, basically. Yeah. Which, to that regard, <clears throat> props to the back checking, huh? It's been fantastic. The checking detail? I bet Phil Housley's super mad about that. <laughs> He's probably <laughs> furious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even even like you said, when Eichel's making a mistake on the blue line, or, or even when guys are making mistakes in the offensive zone, that's learning into odd man rushes or turning into odd man rushes the other way. I mean, the back checking has been great. Middlestad that one this week that was. I'll uh, say the San Jose one. game, right? Really had that yeah, crazy back check. I'll still give him credit for that. I mean that. Or late, yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 kind of a, an entire team effort here, and like we've kind of mentioned it, it's even though he's not himself yet to uh, start the season the team's winning so if there's a time for him to kind of figure it out uh, at least it's it's while they're winning and then hopefully he figures it out and kind of can raise the, the level as they kind of need him more uh, as the season goes so while we're on defense to make a quick transition here um this pair cannot make transitions i like that transition <laughs> uh, <laughs> mccabe and ristolainen to give them credit they got off to a nice start this season recently they're back to being the players we kind of thought they were. So here's the thing. This, those two cannot continue to be your top air. Like it, <laughs> it can't happen. They can't play over 20 minutes a night. They can't play against the opponent's top line. Uh, they're consistently getting rolled. They're back to not being able to make any passes out of their zone. Uh, the, the mental mistakes are continuing it's weird to say this as much as I've hammered on Risto. I think Jake McCabe has been the bigger problem on that pair than Risto Linen so far this season. I think Jake McCabe is really struggling. And you know, if you were to ask me who's the player I think it should come out, you know, for Montour's how they're going to be back this weekend is I would take McCabe out, but he has a letter. So I'm sure it's not going to happen, but it's, 
I, I just I just have a ton of concerns that put that pairing. I think they they're being overused. Um, you know, to be fair, it's not like somebody like Dalene is, is kind of showing that he needs those minutes. Um if it was me, I would still just shove him down a throw anyways and see what happens because you might you still might get better results. But I mean, I mean, there's a lot of issues there. I mean, there's I guess I'll let you guys go before I jump into my number stuff, kind of get your thoughts on them. But the thing that kind of keeps playing in my head, I'm sure you guys watched the game and again, I was talking to Kevin about this earlier, is that play in the third period. It was off a draw. The puck goes back to McCabe and he's like at the bottom of the faceoff circle, maybe. And Risto's in the slot and he's just trying to make a cross ice pass and fires like a 200 mile an hour shot, like right <laughs> into Risto's skates. The puck goes like flying in the air. Like it, <laughs> like it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It's just, for me, that kind of just sums up that pair. Like they just, they can't make a simple pass. Like I, I think it was, I think it was the San Jose game. I'm pretty, cause I was there. I think it was a San Jose game where McCabe had two easy opportunities to clear, to make an outlet pass. One time he hits the guy in the skate, it comes back to him. He gets it again. Then he misses the pass. It goes to San Jose. They come back and the zone end up scoring like 25 seconds later, all because he couldn't make a simple outlet pass. And then it was like under no pressure. He just couldn't hit the guy coming across the middle. So it's, for a pair that plays that much, I mean, that's beyond the other issues they have in their game. Their inability to move the puck out of the zone is the most concerning thing for me. Yeah, they. it's like a disaster to watch it. Every time they're on the ice, I just expect a turnover. I expect Ristolainen to make a stupid play where he kind of leaves his man to go hit someone else. I like. I don't like watching them, especially <laughs> together. Like, especially together. Break right. them up. Even if you're going to use one of them more than the other. Like, don't together yeah i mean you could even like I mean, maybe montori kind of give them that, that gives them that opportunity to do that now because yeah. you kind of got to fit him in but i don't know about i feel like we've been talking about wrestling for like years in this podcast now and you know, <laughs> i mean like i said I, yeah. if you're gonna ask me the two i think mckay is a bigger issue right now but and here we are with this guy still and you know he's happy so he's not gonna get traded now i guess but i, I don't know I really, I really don't know what to say about him yeah i mean I mean, you're right. What else can we really say at this point? It's it's the the regression that you knew was going to happen. It's happened, and here we go again, right? <clears throat> but I guess yeah. The I, the question is, um, with Montour coming back, well, the Scandella injury, I suppose, helps, right? Yeah. So then, who? I guess, what are your pairs going forward uh, with Montour back? I. Uh... Okay, do you want my pairs or what I think they're going to do? Like, which one do you want? Do you want? <laughs> Give me uh, what you think they're going to do first. What I think they would do is, I think what I think they're going to go Dalene Rislan in the top pair. Ugh. Abe Montour, Yoki Haru, and they're going to flip Yoki Haru to the left because he's done it numerous times now, including he just did a last game again, like after like a power player penalty kill, they flipped him on the left for the right shot defenseman. So. He's definitely going to the left, and I think they'll play him with Miller. So that's that's what I think they'll do. Hannah, do you have a different opinion? No, I, I have a feeling that it'll end up being like that. And, I mean, I've loved Yogi Haru's play all season. And so it, basically wherever they put him, he seems to, like, elevate right. his pair mate, which yeah. is really nice to see. That trade looks better every game. But I kind of worry that they – like, I just don't want to see Arista on the top pair. And him and Darlene last year, even though it was a relatively small sample size, did not play well together. They didn't play well this year in the preseason or when they got together this season either. So it, that yeah. doesn't work. That pair just doesn't work. Yeah. And I worry that, you know, Darlene's going to make more of his, like, overthinking mistakes with Ristolainen yeah. because he knows Ristolainen is a liability defensively. Yep. He's going to have to cover more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I guess <laughs> – and I'm saying this is a half joke, but so when do we see uh, the wrist and Savior pilot come up? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the issue, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, Gilmore's playing well. Give him credit for that. You know, so mm-hmm. Gilmore's playing well. You could argue he shouldn't come out, but he's probably going to have to for Montour. And Scandella was playing well while he was in, so that's not a left shot defenseman that you don't take out unless he's traded. I mean, they have to trade somebody here at some point, like. <laughs> It, I mean, unless somebody just keeps getting hurt every single time, so, which I guess is possible because Jake McCabe's due here, right? I mean, Jake McCabe's due for an injury, so that's going to happen here. And and it seemed like last podcast, Bogosian was being sent to the moon. Now <laughs> on this podcast, all of a sudden, he might be back in January. So I, I don't know. He's, he might come back at some point. He's on long-term injury reserve right now because they keep 
sending Borgen up and down the 90. So they got to put <laughs> it on long-term injury reserves. So they can make that work. So I, I don't know. I, I don't, they have to, they have to figure something out. Lawrence pilot is an NHL defenseman that I, I really think could, could help Ristolainen out. But again, I'm trying to draw pairs like, okay, you're going to put pilot with Ristolainen. Fine. You're going to put Yoki Haru with Eileen. Okay, fine. Great. Then you have Miller, Montour, and McCabe. Like, what are you doing there? I just, I don't know. I, and that's not even counting Scandella if you assume he's traded. Like, yeah. I, I don't seems, know. It seems like some of the moves that they made this offseason were set up for a trade that just fell through. Right. Because you don't have this many NHL quality defensemen and then what not if make a move. didn't get hurt in the second last preseason game? Like, what was their plan going into the season? <laughs> they were going to go in and like take a crowbar to somebody's kneecaps. Give someone the mad humming hum- treatment. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah, just know. none of his stuff's in the locker anymore. <laughs> He's hurt no, you're while. on LTIR now. Yeah. You're hurt. <laughs> if anyone asks, you have a back problem. Yeah. Your neck hurts. If someone asks you yeah. the Joe Flacco treatment. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know what they're gonna do moving forward. I don't know how you got pilot up here. I mean, you have to move two defensemen, and uh-huh. uh, Riss Line is happy. Apparently, I guess that makes a difference if he's happy. So I don't know. I mean, it it, it kind of gets back to like for me, like <laughs> it, it gets into the number back the numbers things. I mean, like this team still has a an issue creating offense. Their expected goals for you know is per sixty is, is like twentieth in the league, which is near the bottom. Like. Their shooting percentage is in the top 10. I look for the podcast. So it's nothing crazy, but they're scoring on their opportunities that they're, their limit opportunities they're getting. If that shooting dries up at all, like you're in trouble. Like you're not generating. And it, that gets back. I mean, Scandell is not going to get you a lot for guys with expiring contracts. So that gets back to risk lining being that piece to kind of get you some sort of forward here. But if you're not going to move them, I, I don't know. Like we, we just. It, <laughs> I'm trying not to yell at Vlad Saboka, but we need to get to the point where <laughs> we're done pretending that he has some mystical power on that Skinner and Johansson line because he's not helping them. Like it, it's not him. He, it, I don't care that he hits people because he never has the puck or that he makes one or two <laughs> nice plays. Like every, I'll, I'll tell you what, from the, the goal that they scored the other night, I definitely think they're staying after practice and just like working on how can we score between the two of us and <laughs> right. just leave them out. Right. Go that, buddy. Somebody <laughs> tweeted like the best decision Johansson and Skinner made in that play was to skate as fast as they can away from Saboka so he couldn't touch <laughs> the puck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, he, he makes some good plays here and there, but for the most part, he just, just looks like he's just out there for a skate. Like, yeah, okay, I'll go around here and I'll, I guess I'll cover this guy now. And like, he just oh, offensively, he has here. no offensive output in <laughs> for a top six forward. Like that's just not, it's not good enough. Like I, I can't, I can't continue to have that. I need somebody else there to produce offense. Like if, I, I don't know, like I don't want to call it for a call up already, but like I, I'm probably going to get more out of Tate Thompson offensively. If I just put him there, like, so I, I don't know. Do something. This can't continue. And that intrigues me. Right. I'm, I'm not because well, the other problem is <clears throat> we haven't got to. I'm sure we will at some point. Is that we still have obviously the Olofsson problem. Yeah. He's not giving you anything five and five either. Right. No. I mean, last I think the last two games have been some of his better ones, but still, like it's you can do better. Yeah, you could. I mean, and realistically, you're not doing Olofsson any favors. You're putting him out there against arguably the best defense group because he's on that line. So it's you know you're not really making it easy for him. And if you put him against lower competition, maybe that helps him. And he's not as you know covered. I think everyone in the league knows the shot he has now, so he's not really fooling anybody. I think that's been figured out for his power play um, chances. But it's yeah, I, I don't know. It's I mean you know in. I think he needs to come off. You know, I've written and I've banged this table about, I think Skinner needs to get back up there with Eichel and then move Reinhardt down who maybe has kind of, I want to say he's slow starting again, but he has the points this year, which usually he doesn't have. So like he's not playing great, but he's still producing because of the power play. So the numbers look good production wise, but really he's not playing his best hockey. So maybe you get him on his own line with Johansson and kind of make that work, put Olsen somewhere else, move Sheary around. I, I don't know. Like, there's just stuff there. I mean, I, I guess like you want to make a trade. I guess it's a good time to get it in. I'll, I'll throw my Joel Erickson Eklov out there. You know, it's, <laughs> I think I kind of overhyped it. I'm not going to go into a huge thing on him here, but if Minnesota's looking to move a guy like that, you know, a player who 
he doesn't score a ton, but he can generate a lot for you. I mean, his on ice impacts from Micah's site, he's a plus 13 offensively, a negative 11 defensively, which is really good. Uh, he draws a lot of penalties. He doesn't take a lot of penalties. So he's 21 years old. You have a lot more team control on him. I think it's one of the things. And he's signed through a contract through 2021. So I guess that's some cap control you have on a player like that. And again, he's not going to come in and be, you know, that guy who's going to score 20 goals with Johansson and Skinner or Johansson and whoever, but maybe you can put him on that wing and he can generate some sort of offense where you kind of give you more and you can still keep that defensive ability too. Like, cause he has that. So it's, you know, it's, it's just, he's not the type of player that you need, but I still think he's better than a handful of players on this roster that you should never turn those up at trying to improve your team at some place. So I'll just throw yeah. his name in here because I, I I mentioned it, so I feel like I should at least throw it in. Yeah, well, I feel like even marginal, like marginally better players will make your roster better overall. Like even if it's right. replacing him, even if he is just average, if you replace him, like if you pull out Vlad Zabodka and play him, then your team just got better because you don't have the negative impact of that player. Yeah, exactly, and that's exactly it. You know, it's that's the crazy thing, right? We had the <laughs> entire off season to do it, and it just didn't. Right. I guess <clears throat> not that I obviously want them to start losing at some point, but I am super interested to see, you know, what kind of moves Kruger makes, and if this starts to go south and Botrell sits on his hands again, mm. it's going to get pretty interesting pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, it's, I never thought about that part of it. Is you because know, we haven't seen Kruger make any. <laughs> I mean, no, he, he, made, he made do anything. He made pair changes because somebody got hurt, not because he wanted yeah. to. So it's, you know, it's, we haven't yeah. seen him touch those lines at all. So it's, it, it'll be interesting kind of when does that time come? Like, it, I don't know. Does he have an excuse to do that? I guess if Montour is back, he can mix up some other things. I, I don't know. For me, it's weird. Like I, I get you're winning games. You want to make up, mix up the offensive lines, but still you're not well, generating it, a ton it's of kind of the catch 22 as a coach, right? right? If yeah. you, if you're winning and you start to make moves and they start to lose, it's, yeah. uh, made the moves and they started to lose. Right. Yeah, I, I really don't think he's going to do anything until they actually start to lose here. But one, I like, I really agree with you, Chad. On we should, they should move Olafson down the lineup just because I feel like he has become kind of like an anchor on that line, and that Eichel and Reinhardt have to cover for him, and he is not generating enough offense at five on five, which is negatively affecting like Eichel's production and Reinhardt's production, and like that that line as a whole has not done a lot at five on five, and. Right. Like you need your top line to do a lot at five on five, even if you don't want them to carry the team, like they should be producing more than any other line. Right. And, you know, I, I think it, it, it kind of, and part of it too is, you know, it, it kind of to tie it back into the original part we got here with Ristolainen and McCabe is that five man unit with the Eichel line and those two, you know, it didn't, it wasn't working. You know, it's, I, I mean, I quickly wrote the numbers. They played 74 minutes together at five on five. Their course are 43. Their expected goals, four percentages of 44. In 67 minutes, that Eichel line without those two, there are 53 Corsi and a 57% expected goals. So, like, that, it, I'm not complaining on one potential player in that five man group, but it just didn't work. And, you know, we talked about changes where I was going, where I'm going with this is Kruger hasn't made lineup changes per se, but I think he's, I think he might have, he might have recognized that because the last two games he has that line playing with different pairs. They, they played a lot with Dalene. Uh, the other night against Arizona, and they've gotten some Yoki Yaru in there when before he was with Dalene. And, you know, Miller and Gilmore played a lot with them too, and now so much wrist line and, and McCabe. And we're kind of seeing a reflection of positive reflection in their numbers, you know, because they had one of their better number games, if you will, the last two games. So it's, I, I think we're kind of seeing some things that don't jump out of you with the lineup card that he's doing, you know, within the team that he's kind of mixing some things around. But it, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Hannah's point too. I think at some point here, do these players a favor, put Olofsson down the lineup and maybe he gets more space against lesser competition to get his shot off. Maybe put him with Middlestad and see how that goes and, and bump Shiri up or something. Or I, I don't know. I mean, with Rodriguez playing as poorly as he can, you really can't move him anywhere because he's kind of scaring me right now. But again, that gets back to Eric Sinek. Maybe you put him down there and then you can bump up somebody else and see how that goes kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I think at some point they have to address it and, I still think I still maintain that Skinner should go back up with Eichel because I think not only will it help offensively, I think there'll be some defensive help too that can provide Eichel with how strong he is in the puck and even his ability to exit the zone as well. 
Yeah. Kings are struggling. Give me the Foley, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw a thing. Somebody said, like, it was a Kings guy, like, said, how long until Tavoli's in the press box? I'm like, no, just, how about you just trade him over here? Like, <laughs> we'll take him. Yeah, exactly. The trade is a one for one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So they want line in? I don't know. I asked, um, I asked Dennis that in the summer, and his reply to me was, have you looked at how many right shot defensemen they, they have? And I was like, no. So I looked, and they have like six. I'm like, okay, oh, never God. mind. Forget it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I obviously don't follow the Kings very closely, but I do not know half of their defensemen. It, it's odd because their roster is like, they shouldn't be good. But if you look at their underlying stuff, I mean, we saw them lambaste the Sabres for yep. three periods. I mean, speak about a team that could really use goaltending help because Jonathan Quick is terrible now. I mean, they're actually not that bad. Just they don't have a goalie that can make any saves for them, and usually it hurts them. Take advantage before they figure it out. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think it's time to hit our first break here. Uh, so I'll take a quick 30-second break. And then after that, we're going to come back and we're going to let the fan questions drive our conversation because we got a lot of good ones in, and even some Halloween questions. And we have to get to our spooky stats. We all brought one mm. spooky stat. So maybe we'll get to that first thing out of the break. We'll, we'll all share our spooky stat, and then we'll get into the questions. So quick 30-second break here. This is Beyond the Blade. You are listening to us on the SB Nation Podcast Network. All right, welcome back. Good little Halloween music playing us in this week because Halloween is on Thursday. And the next thing we're going to get to here that I assigned everybody homework, including Hannah, even though she's new, she got homework. <laughs> everybody was to bring in one spooky stat to this podcast to share. It could have been spooky good. It could have been spooky bad. So Hannah, since you're new, you get to go first. What okay. is the one fun, good or bad, spooky stat that you brought for us to be scared about so i have entitled my spooky stat ghost of wind streaks past uh, <laughs> so well both done. hutton and allmark are currently in the top 10 for goals saved above oh. average mm. right now um which is really, really great right now it seems cool but i think we, we all know that that's probably not sustainable and so it's both spooky good and that like yay good goaltending but also bad and that they're probably going to fall off and then what so that's probably going to be our squeaky wheel as Chad said earlier. Like that's like the goaltending starting to regress back to league average will probably end up being like something that people get very angry about. So this is super spooky because I'll go next because Bill is also bringing Bill's goaltending scrambling. to the table. <laughs> Bill's spooky scrambling right now. <laughs> so <laughs> well, boo, Bill, <laughs> boo, well, boo was over there. <laughs> There are all sort of Halloween buzzwords going on right now. While Bill is over there, uh, spooky scrambling, I am going to go to my spooky stat, or stats, if you will. It's multiple. Um, I just got to find it because I'm scrolling through here because I'm a bad podcast person and didn't have it prepared with me. So what I'm going to talk to you about is Jake McCabe and Restless Rissalina not being able to make passes. And I'm going to do this slowly and drawn out because I'm trying to give Bill as much time as he can to find his stats. I'm just going to sit here and fill some airwaves while I do that. All right. So here we go. So we know that those two, McCabe and Ruslan, for their career have not been good passers. So if, if you saw this on Twitter, I apologize. You're going to see it again. But if you didn't, this is interesting. So Corey Schneider, who does a really good job tracking um, hand tracking games, entries, passing, zone exits, zone entries, power play stuff, a whole bunch of passing stats pretty much. So at Shutdown Line on Twitter, he does a really good job. So I looked at his, some of his data he had so far this season. He's only tracked three games for the Sabres. So that's the Montreal game, the Kings game, and the first San Jose game. So all the defensive players have been have their stats based on those three games here. So Ristolainen and McCabe have had 54 zone exit opportunities at 5-on-5. Five five. Only 29.6% of the time they've had possession or assisted exits which means either they've carried the puck out of the zone with possession or they made a pass that directly resulted to another player getting the puck out of the zone so what that means is basically 70 percent of the time it's either a failed exit which is a turnover or a quote-unquote clear is what Corey calls it which is basically just flip the puck out of the zone and they give it to the other team anyways and then they just come right back so that's not good either so for reference Darlene and Miller 
have a 57.1 possession or assisted exit. And Scandella and Yokihara were at 57.9%. So really, it, it's they're not even close. And the highest rate of failed exits at 35% goes to McCabe and Ristolainen. Miller and Dalene were at 8.2% failed exit rate, which is pretty good. And Yokihara and Scandella were at 15.8%. So this gets back to the whole passing thing and why maybe we're seeing struggles with the Eichel line with that pair because their inability to make exit passes or to make successful passes in general, which you've touched on numerous times here. So having your top pair fail 35% of the time to make an exit pass when most of the goals in this league are generated off of failed zone exits. If it's not catching you now, it's eventually going to catch you and become a problem. So that is my spooky bad stat or stats, if you will. And hopefully I've given Bill enough time here to be spooky quick and find himself a stat. I think we're good there. Thanks. Okay. Uh, really appreciate it, my man. <laughs> <laughs> so since we had two spooky bads, I decided to go with a spooky good. And since we talked about a little bit of trouble five on five, I'm going to go with our $9 million man, Jeff Skinner, with seven even strength goals through 13 games, which puts him tied in second in the league uh, for even strength goals this season. That's a nice grab right there. There you go. All Jeff Skinner does is score even strength goals. Yeah, Jeff Skinner is just the even strength master. That's right. I thought we were going to say king, but master works. Mm, eh, like he, he doesn't seem like a king. Maybe a prince. He's got like a princely face. <laughs> prince? Like if you told me Jeff That's Skinner was a sound. Disney prince, I would not be surprised. <laughs> oh, you're right in Bill's alley right now. I was say, as weird as it sounds, I can see it. <laughs> Jeff Skinner, the even strength prince. All right, Hannah has dubbed go. him the even strength prince. All right, so good spooky stats. Bill was spooky good. I was spooky bad. Hannah was spooky both. So spooky cautious. Right, spooky cautious. <laughs> <laughs> Bill was spooky quick. We got a lot of spookiness in here. I even dropped a boo accidentally too. So we got a lot of we got a lot of our Halloween stuff, and we have a Halloween candy question coming later. I saw that. We do. Uh, so speaking of questions, uh, this per usual is the point, uh, Hannah, for you who are new, where we turn it over to Bill, and Bill basically asks you and I questions from the fans that we answer, and Bill will comment too. But this is this is the section where Bill becomes kind of the the main host, if you will, the podcast. So, Mr. Shockey, take it away with the questions this week. All right. So, before the spooky stats, we had a little bit of trade talk. So, we'll start off with Steven's question. Thoughts on this trade proposal? VC Samuelson in 2021 first for Jason Zucker. No. No. Add Joel Erickson, and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, it's only I mean, I'm saying no because Eck isn't in there. But, no, I mean, like, quickly – you mentioned Samuelson. Like if, well, first of all, I don't, first of all, I don't, I don't I'm not saying when you're from Buffalo, I don't think Minnesota is doing it. I think Minnesota kind of giggles at you and hangs up because Samuelson, I don't think is way that good. And VC doesn't have any contract control. And I guess the first round pick can be good if it's Buffalo. So maybe that gets you over the top. But so I, I just don't think that works for Minnesota, but anyway, Samuelson, like you want to trade that dude, like, Thorman is a is a throw in for like a Winnipeg deal or something with Russell Linen. Like I am all about that. I just I've had concerns about him for a year and a half now. The concerns continue. I don't I just I don't see any improvement in his play. And that pick to me still just seems super odd. And then when you throw the Ryan Johnson pick on top of that, like it just doesn't make any sense at all. So I am all about trading Matias Samuelson. So just wanted to add that part in there. Yeah, I'm more concerned. Zucker is what, like 27, 28 years old. And I think he's still got like four or five years left on his deal. And we don't need any more guys with cap hits north of 500 who are like entering their decline. And also, just it's Buffalo. I don't want to risk trading our first round pick because knowing our luck, it would end up being like top five. That's right. That's some strong PTSD you got going. I don't have yeah. any Zucker issues. I'm I'm more of a Zucker fan than I think Hannah is, but I, I agree in the first round pick part. I think you're getting dangerous with that. I'll say this. Normally you'd think it's early for a trade question, but since we're nine, two, and two, keep them coming. Right. Exactly. So we can enjoy them <laughs> yeah. while we can. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, let's go to Chad King. Chad right up your alley. 
based on the slipping goals for percentage, is it time to start switching up the lines? If so, what do you suggest? Also, do you feel that the slipping percentage is a result of the slip in D zone ex exits, which we talked about, or sloppy play by the forwards defense or what? Um, I think I'm not going to rehash the line thing. I think we already kind of did that. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's tough. It's a lot of it. I think it's, you know, the slip in the, the numbers, you know, you remember too, where they're kind of where they're coming from such a high level. Um, but I'll, I'll agree the last three or four games, they've, they've slipped significantly, especially in the expected goal realm. So I, I think, I think it's a lot of sloppiness. I think it's in effect, especially against Arizona. I don't think any pair really had a good, easy time getting the puck out of the zone. And that's maybe, that's maybe another trend we're kind of seeing to keep an eye on where teams who are aggressively forechecking them, Arizona, Los Angeles, Anaheim, Columbus, mm -hmm. they've had, mm -hmm. they've had some issues with that. So you know, that's something maybe to keep an eye on. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I'm sure teams are smart enough to kind of key in on that. So they, they kind of have to figure that out. And, and I think that's kind of where they had their most issues with teams like that. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think it's, if they can get, if they can clean up their ability to exit the zone, that'll help. But um, but yeah, I, I would watch out for those strong four attacking teams because that's definitely giving them issues. Yeah. Yeah. Just I co sign basically all of that and also put Jeff Skinner back up with Jack Eichel. Like so speaking of that, let's sneak this one in real quick too. From tape to tape, should Olsen be taken off the first line? And if he does, who's his replacement? VC? Gross, no. You tell him, Hannah. <laughs> Gross. I just don't like Jimmy VC. I'm a no, I don't like him. Like just it's fine. That's my anyone but VC and Sabatka. Olsen off skinner on. I think that's yes. kind of we've hit that yeah. a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Move right her down. Yep. Cheerio. Yeah. Sure. There you go. All righty. Moving on. Let's go to Danielle, who's very excited for Hannah. <laughs> so I'm going to read this question in full. OMG, okay. <laughs> Thoughts on Mojo overall, him at second C. So let's stop there. Um, been fantastic, good. right? Very good. Really good. Yeah. Surprisingly I, good. Yeah. I definitely didn't. Because he hadn't played center in, what, a few years? years and i think somebody said like since his rookie year or something like that in washington yeah yeah i've i've really enjoyed watching him play he's been fun i think his underlying numbers have not been bad and i don't know i think he was pretty much exactly what the sabers needed last year in, in that spot his transition game is hockey porn i yeah. watch that guy transition <laughs> the puck over and over again so second part of it Mitz and Darlene's sophomore season so far. So we've touched on Darlene's, but let, I want to at least I'll let you guys answer first on Middlestead. Uh, I'll go quick. I think he's been good. He's had up and downs. Uh, I think he's been a lot better than people credit him for. Um, he's had VC on that line. He has a struggling Rodriguez now, so his linemates haven't been great. Uh, Sherry's been playing really well uh, since he's come back from his injury and before that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he's doing a lot of – I think he's progressively every single game kind of getting better. Uh, that line had a really rough night against Arizona, but before that, I've kind of liked their last four or five games even. So, yeah, I think Middle State's done a good job, and you know, it's good to see that there's some production there too we're seeing. So, mm -hmm. it's kind of good to see that this year and, and kind of give some fans some hope, kind of what he can be, because I think he's progressing far above the AHL player a lot of people thought him to be in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of flashes where you can see exactly how good that he can be. And those are the flashes where you just like you want him to finish like he's had some bad luck. But like there, yeah, there's also some Arizona the crossbar. Yeah. In play. Yeah. He had yeah. him on the back. Yeah. He did. Yeah. 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 And then there's some games where I don't notice him, but I'd rather not notice him than notice him being bad. That's a good point. All right. I don't have anything to add because luckily you guys. Oh, but to my happiness, I guess, uh, gave him some credit. <laughs> and as Chad said, probably more than he's really gotten uh, kind of across the board here. So yep. I, I've been happy with uh, how he's progressed from last season to this season so far. Mm -hmm. uh, this season, the win streak more believable than last season. Why or no, why not? We touched on that a lot. So let's move on to off one. I wish I actually heard a little bit more for this. Must visit places for someone who is coming to Buffalo for the first time. Woohoo, Hannah. Hmm. All right. Well, Hannah, you want to go first since this, this, you yeah. seems to be a big Hannah fan. So you can go first. Yeah. I mean, you're new. So this yeah. is kind of right up your rally. I mean, you kind Listen, of, right? I'm very famous, obviously. <laughs> sort of a big deal. <laughs> Many other exciting. brown books written after yeah. you. So I, yeah. 
it's fine. It's fine. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if you're coming to Buffalo, you want to be really stereotypical touristy, get some chicken wings, but don't go to Anchor Bar. Thank you, Hannah. You need to go to Gabriel's Gate or Bar Bill. If you don't go to one of those places, you're probably wrong. Um, and then I always like to go to Canal Side. It's just like mm-hmm. fun and cute. And like you can take a picture with Shark Girl. And I don't know. Also, just like hang out. Lots of good breweries if you like to drink. Like a that's lot true. of good breweries. There are a lot. Popping up all over the place now. Yeah. And that's basically it. Like drink some beer, eat some wings, and then like go catch a Sabres game. <laughs> there you go. Allentown, I think, is a really cool place. Allen is kind of nice. I mean, you mean Elmwood. You know, he has some nice chips or some bars. Um, I'm partial to the Hurdle neighborhood. Okay. Hurdle isn't bad either. I'm more of an Elmwood and Allen guy, but you know, that's kind of the difference. Maybe maybe that's the age variance between us. I mean, there's a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, I mean, there's, Buffalo is more of an, I guess, in a way, like an artsy sort of town. So you want to get the art gallery and um, stuff like that. There's a lot of architecture you can kind of go see. I mean, Niagara Falls, but I think it's kind of an obvious, like, do I have to mention it? So if you've been to Niagara Falls, go see that because that's pretty cool if you haven't seen it before. But um, you really could do no wrong. I, I think Hannah had a lot of good suggestions, so it's hard to kind of build off of that. I'll agree because I've been full dad mode the last couple of years. So I'd probably tell you the Buffalo Zoo, the Science Museum. <laughs> the zoo is so fun. Go to the zoo. <laughs> the zoo is good. I mean, it depends when you come. The zoo is good. Don't go to the aquarium in Niagara Falls because it's like the size of my like house, which is like not big at all. So <laughs> I'm not rich and I have a big house. So it, it's a super, super tiny aquarium and it tricks you. That's good advice. All right. Jimmy, do you think they planned to send Yoki Haru down, but his play has forced them to keep him up? I asked because Bottle said on 550 how he exceeded expectations. I wonder if they plan to send him down and keep him and pilot there to let Scandella and Bogosian play out contracts. I think absolutely that was their plan. Yeah. We asked, I asked kind of in the beginning what would have happened if Montour was healthy, and I think 100% Yoki Haru would have went down. Yeah. And now he's going to buy houses. Yeah. And now he's going to buy houses. Yeah. I like, but there's no way they can send him down now, even if they need to, because he is their best defenseman. I agree. I like it. All right. Moving on to, sorry if I butcher this, Tyselin. Ruling out any potential trades, if Tage Thompson continues to dominate in Rochester, do you put him in Saboka's spot on the second line, or would he face similar problems that Olofsson is facing due to playing against better players? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, it, it's tough because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to dismiss Tage of last season playing with Vladimir Saboka a lot, and you've seen those issues, but he put on 13 pounds. He looks better with the Amrics, um, using his body more. So, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I don't think you're getting that until like January, unless you have some injuries here. You're not getting that for a couple months, to be honest. Yeah, I just, I think, again, you could replace the Boko with pretty much anyone who is at least average and they'd be better for it. Be better. Put me in there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We just need league average and they're better than him. And that's like, it's not asking a lot, but like they are kind of strapped because. They don't really have, they can't, they haven't moved anyone. They need to move someone if they want to make any of those kind of call-ups. Yeah. They sure do. Yeah. All righty. Get into the last three, which are more fun ones. This one made me really laugh. Quick. I have a question. I'm going to throw them really quick because I'm, I'm thinking about it now with, with the Yogi Haro question, the Tate Thompson question. If they get to a point where they have to make this move, for Craig's sake, Lucas Beza just got claimed on waivers. John Gilmore is not clearing waivers, right? To go down? I don't I don't think, I think so. so. Okay. Because that's again gonna become a problem for them. If yeah, they're gonna have I to they do that. I mean if he, teams are out here grabbing Lucas Beza off waivers, I'm pretty sure John Gil- or John Gilmore isn't clearing yeah. either. I don't think he clears and like I think before you send him through waivers, you should try to trade him if that's what you're gonna do. Just yep, I you agree. could probably get something for him. Or trade somebody else. Yeah. Or trade a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Jake McCabe, Rasmus Rosalainen. <laughs> yeah. Turnstile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. <clears throat> Boos. I've noticed fewer episodes begin with a long drawn outside this year. Can you discuss <laughs> the possible correlation between this fact and the team performance? Small sample size. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. Uh, <laughs> did you say less size this year? Is that what you said? It, does it? Uh, he just said correlation between the fact and the team performance. Between last size this year and last year? 
I, like, I don't know if drawn I'm like, out last... size this year. Okay, yeah. got it, got it, got it. Um, Do you yeah. think we'll regress to more size eventually? Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I'm done signing for podcasts. Like, I, like, like every year we have like that angry podcast where I yell really loud and I get really mad. So I'm sick of this team. Like, I don't want to do that this year. Like, just be, just yeah, maybe one. Be, all right, maybe once, but <laughs> <laughs> just be competitive. Like, because that podcast usually does sell. I mean, by sell, people listen to it, but still, like, I, I just, just be competitive, be good. I mean, not even be good, just be average, just be there. Don't be the fifth worst team in the league. That's all I'm asking. I don't think I'm asking yeah. too much. Yeah, I just want them to kind of be in the hunt for a wild card spot when we're inching into March. Like, be the Bills, be on the in the hunt graphic come like March. That's yeah, I would like to see, or be better, or be better. <laughs> hey, those That'd are fine. Be nice too, right? Don't calm down, you negative guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one had some fun on Twitter, but I'm gonna ask it anyways to get a couple laughs. Kevin, please ask Hannah what she thinks the coolest way Jeff Skinner will draw a penalty this year will be. Currently leaning towards tying someone's skate laces together when they aren't looking. Situation. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is kind of a running bit between Kevin and I, I think. We did this last year, too. But I think this year it's going to be that he um, somehow manages to get, like, a whipped cream pie in someone's face on the ice. (laughs) And he still draws the penalty somehow. And so, basically, he's just, like, skating around, like, with a pie in his hand. The refs don't notice because he's Jeff Skinner. And how can you notice with that charming smile? Or right off the bench. Like, I can see him, like, doing it like he, like, gets it off the bench (laughs) and someone skates by. just like... (laughs) (laughs) He's just, he's so good at drawing penalties. It's so fun to watch the other teams get frustrated when like Skinner's literally holding their stick and his stick and somehow (laughs) Skinner got the pen, like Skinner got the call. Yeah. Is any of the guy that recently um, during a game, like they picked up where the ref told him to calm down. He said, me calm down. And he told the ref to do his like bleeping job. Basically is that that was Skinner, right? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Well, what's funny is like, he's one of those guys who gets the calls because the refs thinks he's think he's funny, like he and Marchand, except he's not <laughs> as dirty. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Skinner, I love Jeff Skinner. He's worth all nine million dollars for sure. He he is. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm just thinking about Jeff Skinner. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Don Cozera. So here we get into the last one and the fun one for to round out the Halloween episode. Give us your Halloween candy hot takes. Here's his Three Musketeers and Milky Ways are garbage. He appreciates it. I'll go last. Hannah said you had a few, but I don't really have anything that's that great. Maybe I can feed off of you guys, but I'll let Hannah go first because she claims to have a few. And she's, I do. As, as we've said, she's the hot take master here. So hot take, yeah. I'll let her go. Yeah. So the big one I have is that um, Three Musketeers are just extra sad Milky Ways. Like they're the same candy bar, but Milky Way <laughs> has caramel. That's what it is. Like neither of them are great, but one of them's extra sad. And the other one is, all Halloween candy is trash because fun size candy is trash. If I'm going to get a candy bar, I want the full oh, size. Wow. That's something right there. That's yeah. That's that, I want the full size candy size, bar. Two are probably going in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like I, I have to eat two. I have to open twice the packaging. It's just like extra effort on my part. Just give me the full size Snickers bar and I won't complain. I mean, everybody, like, when you're a kid, everybody knows, like, where to get the full-size candy bars, right? Like, what street do you have to go to? Oh, yeah. That was always the thing, right? Oh, yeah. We used to, like, bike down to the, like, rich neighborhoods <laughs> to, the rich to neighborhood get the, get the candy bars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are good. Those are, that's a good one. That that last one threw me off my game a little bit. Yeah. Funny that's enough. That's an extra hot take. You might have uh, a, a little feedback, because Chris responded saying, go ahead and rip Milky Way, but I'll be damned if I sit back and allow Musketeers to be lumped into the garbage <laughs> category. <laughs> It's funny because his is the worst option. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, Bill, you can go next. I'm still still over here pondering. (sighs) Hot take. Uh, Snickers, I don't like them at all. I think they're terrible. Um, I'm a Reese guy. That's That's fair. Also, the Snickers peanut butter are actually delicious. But plain Snickers, not as good. I think anything peanut butter is actually delicious, if I'm being honest. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Um, some Reese's Christmas trees. Oh, oh my so gosh! Yeah, or the pumpkins. Yep, yep. Easter ones are good too. The bunnies or eggs. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the eggs. Those are really good. any of the shaped Reese's. Shaped Reese's. Yep. For my old job, we used to work at. Um, there right. was a, there was a contract for uh, we made Reese stuff in our factory, and <clears throat> one of the things that we made uh, were those like giant eggs. 
So yes. yeah, and I'm talking I'm talking like the, like the three pound eggs. Yes. That, like like for like that are <laughs> offered Easter. They used to make those, and every Friday the guy would come around with the cart, and he'd give out what they would quote unquote call defectives. And by defectives, what that means is as they went through the machine, maybe it like punched a hole in the chocolate so they can't use it. So like the guy would walk around and he would drop on my desk, like, boom, here you go. <laughs> it would be like five, three pound, like Reese eggs that are just defective because they had like a hole punched in them or like it's something that just like there was a scratch on the chocolate so they can't use it. Like something like that. It's perfectly good chocolate. Just bam, drop right in your lap. And that was fantastic. And I missed that, but that was, that's my chocolate story for you. Um, we know you're just trying to delay having to have a hot take. <laughs> See, here's, <laughs> Here's the hot take I'm going to give you. And I've thought about it. And as a parent who goes trick-or-treating with their kid now, um, I feel like I've, I've started to look down on these people um, who do this sort of thing. I take note of them, who they are in the neighborhood who started doing it last year. Someone on blast. Cheryl, who lives at 123. <laughs> It's more than just Cheryl at one, two, three. There's numerous people on the street that do it. And it bothers me because I'm more of a traditionalist, if you will. If that's when it comes to hockey stats. But if you're the person that gives out bags of goldfish. Oh, gross. The pretzels. Or even as far as pencils and stickers. You're a monster. That That's where my hot take is. You, you should give out chocolate that's it that's what halloween is you get i mean I, i'll allow suckers i guess you could say chocolate suckers that that's where you're at and i don't know this is a hot... on spider rings if they come with chocolate if it comes with chocolate fine i mean you want to give me and my kid a pencil with with a snickers bar i'm all about it let's do that but if i if you open your bucket and you drop a pencil in my kid's thing like i don't know man i could have went and got a pencil like, i'm here hands. i'm here for you to give them like you know right I'm going to get to the corner. I'm going to take this pencil. I'm going to whip it at your house as I'm walking away. That's, <laughs> no, I don't really do that, but yeah. I mean, that's my hot take. Also, my other hot take is, I don't know if it's really a hot take, but uh, in general, when we're on candy, uh, Skittles is probably the worst candy that ever existed. I'm just going to put that out there. Those are my two hot takes. Yeah, but like sour Skittles are delicious. Any Skittles are not delicious. You're a liar. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know what Marshawn Lynch likes about Skittles, but any form of Skittles are... He likes those terrible. paychecks. <laughs> well, that's <a> good <laughs> I would love Skittles, too. That's a good point. But, no, Skittles are terrible. Are very bad. I'm not going to argue with that. Is that it? Are we good? You said that was We it? are. That's a wrap, my friend. That's the question. That is a wrap. Very good. What is the... Uh, I keep thinking about it. Maybe you remember what his hand is. Zach on... Uh, from Twitter, what was the candy bar thing that he didn't realize that was blatantly obvious? Uh, it's in a ballet now. I can't remember what it was. Something about like Snickers that something is a form of Snickers and I can't remember what it was. I feel like every candy bar just builds on the base of like the Milky Way. Yeah. Those like Snickers are like Milky Ways with like peanuts and caramel. Maybe that's what it was that Milky Ways are Snickers without the nuts or something. I think, I think that's actually yeah. what it was. Yeah, that's that's what exactly was, what it was. Yeah. And like you said, he had to watch a documentary and figure that out when it's kind of blatantly obvious. Like you said, it's There's a documentary. <laughs> Apparently he was walking watching a topic <laughs> documentary about that and figured it out. I don't know. I don't know. Zach Zach listens, we'll have to share the whole deal, but I remember us ripping on him for that very thing. And it was I couldn't think if it was Milky Way or something else, but it was definitely Milky Way. That's right. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff on candy takes. <laughs> All right. Um all right, so again, tell a little spiller at the end. It'll be a little bit extended because Hannah's, Hannah's new, so we'll give her her stuff, and she has like 37 podcasts we got to touch on here, so we'll get to those in a second. Uh, but make sure that you follow us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Uh, make sure you rate, share, um, anything you really want to do. Subscribe, of course. Uh, on our podcast, share it with your friends, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, and pretty much anywhere you look for a podcast, you can find us there as well. Uh, make sure you're checking out Dive of the Blade for all of the excellent Sabres content, and you'll find the podcast there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at CMDDMinesis. You can follow Bill uh, at Bill Shockey, Mr. Chandra, even though he's not here, uh, at Chandra Sports. And then, special thanks to our 
special guest co-host, Hannah Burry. You can follow her on, well, let's go to the podcast first. So she has 47 podcasts that she has here. Only so three, guys. Number. It's only three. <laughs> she just picked up three more podcasts in the last five minutes. Yeah, she did. <laughs> well, I actually just started another podcast. I recorded it while you guys were just like talking. Yeah, so there. So really, she has, so she has three podcasts, like she said, uh, at Balls and Sticks Pod, a really good podcast. Uh, at that's offside or at offside pod on Twitter, but that's that's offside podcast, and at woman advantage, which is her new uh, woman advantage podcast. Actually, I've enjoyed. It's a solid so it, name, by the way. It is. Yeah, it is. I love a good pun, and also I just like selfishly was like, you know what, I could do. I could talk to all the cool ladies who write for hockey teams. Right, and it, it's awesome. You know, I, I listened to your one with Cat actually, and it was actually really good. So that was that was I'm I'm enjoying those. So keep those going. Um. Then, what did I miss? Oh, your actual Twitter. Find, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at <laughs> hburrito ninety two. Oh my god, I forgot one more Twitter account, and that was it. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So, and also the queen or whatever self. Oh wait, hold on. Oh, it says right here, actual queen of hot takes. Yeah, I was right. I didn't even see that part. The queen yes. of hot takes, Hannah. We uh, <laughs> appreciate you joining us. It was a good conversation, and it's good to have your personality on the podcast to kind of mix in a little bit of a little difference here from time to time and not have as bill said not have so many uh joker puns from anthony <laughs> Listen, if you guys ever have me back i'll make sure i do my due diligence i look up some joker puns i'll no, come I'll prepared Listen, <laughs> this, is right. this is my opportunity to get some betrayal on anthony for all the times that he's gotten me so and he's listening to it he's like oh they didn't really mention me and i'm good but no right to the end i waited to the end to get anthony i'm getting him right here so <laughs> This is this is the betrayal on Anthony that I'm sneaking in while he's away. But I'm sure he'll get me back because he always does. <laughs> probably um, in a Joker pun. <laughs> probably in a Joker pun. <laughs> he's going to come in all like, why so serious, Chad? <laughs> Poor Anthony. He's going to be irate listening back to this. <laughs> uh, all right. So that is it for this week. Um, we appreciate you listening again. Thanks to Hannah for joining us. Uh, not a lot of hockey. Two games over the weekend. A week break, two games in Sweden. I think another week break, and then we kind of get into a whole bunch of hockey games in a row. So, not a lot of hockey to talk about here over the next few days, next few weeks. Uh, but you no, know, we'll still get our weekly podcast out because we'll have some games to talk about, I, I guess. But um, so we'll get those out, and then also, if you missed it, we started getting the Amherst Weekly podcast out. We had our first one earlier this week, so we'll keep those coming as well. So. Episode 110 in the books. Everybody stay safe on Halloween. Uh, make sure you give your throwback any non-chocolate things you receive. Um, that is that is rule number one of the Beyond the Boy podcast. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for all the questions and enjoy the games. Hopefully the winning continues because this is kind of fun. And we will talk to you next week. See ya. Yeah.